we, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well, welcome, friends and fellow citizens, to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio program and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I am the host of this show, but I'm also the president of the We the People Convention, and you can uh, hear our podcasts uh, every our, every Saturday morning uh, on our five-station radio network here in Ohio, and you can watch the podcast 24 7 365 uh days a week uh, uh, days a year and our um website at we the people convention.org we the people convention.org you go there we post the podcast usually on friday afternoon and you can watch it on your phone on your computer on your uh, on your ipad you can uh, catch it on youtube you can catch it on roku tv or amazon fire tv and, you, of course, you can catch it on the radio. And we welcome everybody who's listening on the radio uh, this Saturday morning. We're glad to have you with us. I hope you're in a great mood. You should be in a great mood. This is a great week for America, a great week for freedom and liberty and prosperity. And for those of you who are new to this show, that's what we're all about. This this show is a news summary show. And our goal is to look at the news every week, get rid of all the noise, Pick the things that actually affect your life and then, you know, talk about those. And if something's not going well, to take action, to change it. And that's what we do in this show. It's not just talk, but it's action. So there was plenty of action this week, and I'm just going to start right into it because uh, it was a one heck of a week. The first thing I want to talk about is Brexit and the fact that on Monday, the British people finally got what they voted for over three, four years ago, and they got to leave the European Union. And you say, well, Tom, you know, what's, why is that important to me here in Ohio or here in the United States? Well, it's important because this shows you that nationalism is on the rise. And, and it's not just the Trump you know, phenomena, as they call it, because it's not a Trump phenomena. You and I and, and you know, freedom-loving people all over the world have been you know, looking at this for a long time, this globalization effort that the EU really represents and what Obama and Clinton and those people tried to get the United States into, uh, it's being rejected. And it's not just being rejected in, in England and in the United States. It's being rejected in, in Italy and other European countries. And, and it's on the move. And this is important to you. Now, remember, the reasons it's important is because one of the most important ideas that the founding fathers put into our U.S. Constitution was that smaller government is better and the government closest to the people is most accountable, all right? Smaller government is better, and the government is closest to the people is most accountable. So why did Britain leave the EU? Well, it was getting bigger. England, which was a sovereign nation, was being told what to do by people in Brussels, Belgium. And they they had a, a vote, they had a representative, but, but they were being dictated you know, their policies were being dictated uh, by people that really didn't relate to them, weren't of the same culture. So they wanted out of the EU and they wanted nationalism, right? So first of all, it was bigger and it was far away. And what's wrong here in the United States is we are all seeing, and as we've talked about in, in previous podcasts, is that you know, our federal government is out of control. Our, if you look at our real constitution, the one that they've gutted and that isn't really enforced today, the founding fathers had the federal government having virtually no real influence in your life. It def- they defended the country and they dealt with uh, tariffs and interstate disputes. Now the federal government is involved with everything. And that's the problem. And that's what we're trying to push back. And that's what Donald Trump is about. Deregulation, which we talked about last week. You know, why is that important? It's important because it gets the government out of your hair. 
and allows you the freedom and liberty to, to be prosperous. So that's why Brexit was important. And, and I think that's a great way to start the week. We're very happy. I, I posted on Facebook, you know, at We the People Convention on Facebook. Congratulations to our, our brothers in England for getting their freedom back. It was awesome. The second big event this week was uh, the stunning announcement by Rush Limbaugh that he has stage four lung cancer. And I know many of you uh, took that very hard. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just part of American life, a, a part of our culture that we, you know, we form relationships with these people who really don't know us. But I, I think that, you know, if you've listened to Rush Limbaugh, who's been on for, you know, 25, 30 years, that, you know, you have a relationship with him. And so I know it, it was important to you from a personal standpoint, but it's important to all of you listeners and all the watchers of our podcast for another more important point. And that is, you know, the balance of power in, in the media that Rush represents. I mean, here, here are the numbers. In, in any given day, uh, ABC News, NBC News, CBS News, and I'm talking about the broadcast news channel, channels have 22 million viewers all three of them combined rush limbaugh on a on a given weekday will have 20 million listeners and so his ability to give our side of the story is critical and his announcement of his illness is is really important in this election year now i'm not saying his guest hosts aren't going to do a good job or anything like that but i am saying that that i looked at this and realized now i've got to do a better job because people are going to be looking for the truth they're going to be looking for information and and all of us you know, are going to have to help fill in where rush you know is, is getting treatment and things and and we're so much asking everyone to pray i'm praying my wife's praying that you know rush will be able to survive this it's amazing what they can do but, and I know all of us have, you know, people we know that have had cancer of various kinds, and we know it's a crapshoot. Some survive and some don't. We're hoping that God chooses, you know, to have Rush Limbaugh survive this. But that was significant to you for that reason, and that's why I brought it up. The next thing that was significant to you, to all of us, was the fiasco that was the Democratic Party uh, Iowa caucus. And, um, you know, I, I just, I mean, you just can't say it strongly enough that the fiasco that this was is a dramatic example of the fiasco of democratic socialists running our government. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I know you heard immediately and it was great messaging. Oh my gosh, you know, they can't even run a caucus in a small state like, with, like Iowa and, and they want to run your health care. Well, that's true. That's true. But, but unfortunately, it's more nefarious than that. And if you go and you look into what happened here, you'll see that they relied upon a phone app to report all their results. And oh, what a coincidence that the people who built the phone app have relationships with Hillary Clinton and Buttigieg, who actually now looks like he's tied with Bernie Sanders and, and, and could win this thing. That's not an accident, right? There's a direct election interference from the people who keep saying that Republicans and the Russians and Donald Trump interfered with the elections. All blatant lies. Again, Saul Alinsky rules for radicals. Always accuse your opponent of what you're doing. Every time you hear a Democrat saying, you know, that uh, Trump is lying, they're lying. That Trump is a racist, they're the racist. That you know uh, their you know medical plan you know, will work and yours won't. That's the opposite is true. Okay, but here's an important thing I want to take you to take away from the Iowa caucus. It it doesn't matter. I mean, it's a rigged game, right? The Democrats, it's rigged. There's no truth or honesty involved at all in the republic and the democratic party right now it has been taken over by the communists and if you're a democrat if you're a lifelong democrat and you happen to be listening to this thing i grew up in erie pennsylvania all my relatives we were all democrats voted democrat you know until i got old enough to realize what was going on and i started voting republican in my 20s but here's the bottom line the big lie that was exposed in iowa was that there's this huge amount of hate for Donald Trump and his policies, and they're going to turn out in droves to throw him out. Bull. Bull. 
they were predicting new records in, in Iowa. 300,000 people turning out the vote in the caucus on the Democratic side in Iowa. That's what they were predicting. To beat the, the Obama year 2008 number of 240,000. You know what they got? Less than 170,000. Less than 2016. That tells you the energy is on our side, is on Trump's side, not on their side. And it goes hand in hand with what we talked about last week on the podcast or in the radio show. I talked about the Women's March that, you know, the March for Life had 500,000 people at it and the Women's March had 10,000 down from 100,000 the year before, down from 500,000 the year before that. Folks, they're not telling the truth. You need to understand that when they're telling you that everyone hates Donald Trump, it's just not true, and you'll see evidence of that coming up as we you know, you know, go to some of our other stories. One of those stories, you know, again, great week. Brexit happens, then the Iowa caucus is a fiasco. By the way, Trump won 97% of the vote. He's running against nobody. But again, there was a good turnout in Iowa for Trump, and, and Iowa is turning into a red state. It used to be kind of blue. So next thing was the State of the Union. You know, I hope you watched it. I watched it. It was a fantastic speech. Uh, but, but more importantly, it was a fantastic TV show. And I want you to make that distinction. I want you to understand that while they did a great job writing President Trump's speech and he did a great job delivering that speech, what was important was the production value. And he gets that from 14 years doing The Apprentice, folks. And it's not an accident that, that he decides to have Melania Trump, you know, have the Medal of Freedom that he announces he's going to give to Rush Limbaugh, and then she puts it on his neck right there on TV. That's powerful. Instead of 50 people seeing him do that in the, in the White House, 35 million people were watching and saw Rush Limbaugh get that. That's a big deal. That's smart. The whole, all those things, the Tuskegee Airmen from Cleveland, a hundred-year-old veteran uh, and his great-grandson who wants to be in a space force, the, the, the gentleman from Cincinnati who had drug and, and problems and, and had, did not have a job, and now he's back on his feet. You know, the, the, the family where they brought, uh, you know, their, their father who was in the military and, and he was honoring them for the sacrifices they make for their, with their, for her husband and their father being away and he shows up. That's just great TV. That's great TV. And that's what makes Donald Trump special. You're not, no, you know, Ted Cruz couldn't do that if he had gotten elected. Rand Paul couldn't do that. They don't have the experience in TV. Donald Trump is a master at producing events. And that's, that's why you see the numbers that are so powerful. 97% of Republicans said they loved the speech, 82% of independents, and only 30% of Democrats. Think about that. 76% overall approval of this speech. And Nancy Pelosi you know, is making a fool out of herself, and all the Democratic House members are sitting there like a bunch of lumps on logs, looking stupid in front of 35 million people. You can't sit there and not applaud for the lowest unemployment for black Americans if you're black. You can't you know, not applaud the lowest unemployment for young blacks in the history of our country. You can't sit there and not applaud things that are good for our country and not expect people to think you're a total jerk. They didn't help themselves because they don't know how to do good TV like Donald Trump. They're not as smart as Donald Trump. They're dumb and they look dumb. And then so Nancy Pelosi, you know, does this stunt where she tears up, you know, the, the, the speech when it's over and she's dumb enough to be doing it, getting ready to do it by tearing the pages of the speech as the speech is going on. There's photographs. If you're watching the podcast, you can see the photograph where the, the page is already torn. She's a phony. 
it's they try to stage events and it falls flat whether it's the bogus impeachment trial or the Mueller investigation they try to stage events and they they completely fall apart cuz they're not talented people and Trump just beats them like a drum how bad did he beat them well listen to this short clip from C-SPAN some of you may have heard this but these are callers in the C-SPAN after the Trump's State of the Union speech. Listen to this. I've been a Democrat for 70-something years. And what I've seen tonight of the Democrat Party, I am changing my mind. I mean, I'll probably still be a Democrat. But for as I'm electing for a goddamn Democrat, never again. I am a Democrat as well, but no longer will I vote Democrat. I think it's outrageous that they sat there when all these good things are happening to our country and how much we love our country, and they looked like they hated our country. And Nancy Pelosi, the whole time she's sitting up there with a disgusting look on her face, it's outrageous. I will never vote Democrat again, and I'm sick of it. And my whole family feels the same way. My husband, my friends are sitting here all former democrats we all voted for hillary last time and therefore never ever will we ever vote democrat again you know it's always portrayed that the democrats don't love their country well we love our country and we want to see it succeed but it appears to us that our our democratic party's been stolen from us by a bunch of communists and no longer will our family ever vote democrat again I am literally disgusted with Pelosi and the Democrats' behavior, the way she teared up his speech behind him at the end. I was a registered Democrat. I have gone independent. I'm leaning GOP now. With a simple rip of a paper, Nancy Pelosi has pretty much sealed the deal of a re-election of Donald Trump. So there you have it, right? This is how people reacted. Is that winning for the Democrats? And for all of you that are Democrats who listen to this radio uh, program or our podcast, this is the problem. You don't have a party anymore. It's literally been taken over by the communists. And again, I ask you, go to wethepeopleconvention.org, our website, and watch the Project Veritas videos of the Bernie Sanders paid staffers explain to you that they are Marxists and that Bernie Sanders is basically planning a takeover of the country through your former Democratic Party. You have no home. Your home is with Donald Trump. Your home is, if you're an American, your home is with Donald Trump. And so uh, continuing the great week that Trump had, a new Gallup poll, which is, Gallup is no friend to Trump, let me tell you. I know that, you know, I look at their polls, they always oversample Democrats and skew their polls. But their poll came out, right before the uh, State of the Union speech, saying that Trump's the highest approval rating he's had since he was elected. 49% approval, 50% unapproval, a 1% dif- uh, you know, discrepancy. That's a huge number, folks. And, and his highest before that was uh, 45%. So that was huge. And what did that lead to? It led to the, the thing that capped off the week, and that was the acquittal. President Trump was acquitted, you know, in the quote-unquote Senate trial, and I told you that would happen. I told you why that would happen, and why is that important to you? Well, obviously, they're trying to get rid of Trump, and they actually, Adam Schiff literally said in his testimony that you, the people listening to this show and watching this podcast, and I should not elect the next president in 2020. We, they should throw Trump out. He should not even be able to run for president. That's what Adam Schiff literally said, that we should throw him out. And so it's important to you and I that they didn't throw him out. But here's what's important to you and I again. What are the consequences? What happens to Adam Schiff? What happens to the fake whistleblower? Folks, this was a set-up deal. These are never Trumpers who worked for Brennan, okay, and, and, and concocted this whole Ukrainian scandal. They need to be brought to justice. And you and I aren't seeing that. And that should concern you. Have you called Bill Barr this week? Yeah. Those of you who've been listening every week, you know what I'm talking about. And we'll talk about it again. We don't get equal justice under the law, folks. 
we're not going to get justice at all, and we're not going to be a nation at all. So what a great week. Brexit is free, right? They're, they're free to now from the EU. You got the Iowa caucus exposes. There's no energy behind the Democrats, and they're, it's all rigged. There's no real votes there. They're going to pick, they're probably going to pick Bloomberg because he's going to buy it. You know, one thing we know about Democrats, they'll take the bribe. So Bloomberg will write the check. They'll take it. He'll be their candidate. I love it. Trump will beat him like a drum. Okay. The poll, Gallup poll shows that we're, Trump's at the highest approval ratings ever. State of the Union is a tremendous success that shows how much good is going on in the United States. But we're going to talk about that after the break. And then Trump gets acquitted. Doesn't get any better than that. We're going to take a short break. My name is Tom Zalostowski, and you're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast. As Merrick, president of Liberty Camp for Kids in Portage County, Ohio. Liberty Camp for Kids is where students in grades 1 through 6 experience the founding of our nation. This year's camp will be held from July 20th through the 24th from 9 till noon. The cost is $30 per camper. If you're interested in our camp, being a volunteer, or even starting one of your own, go to www.LibertyCampForKids.com. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. All right, and we're back, and we thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening on the radio or uh, you're watching our podcast uh, at wethepeopleconvention.org. And uh, you can find out, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, you know, which stations we're on, so maybe you can pick it up in your area. And we really hope you will tell people about this show, because I hope you're getting things out of this show that maybe you don't get from other shows. So let's go on, you know, to more of what's important. Now, I talked about the president's, you know, State of the Union speech, and it was just a tremendous success, and all, you know, 76% of the people approved. So what happened right after the speech? Well, right after the speech, if you went and looked uh, on any search engine and said, fact-checking Trump's State of the Union, what you saw is the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, Vox, all the lefty sites going after Trump and trying to claim that what he said is not true. That's why, you know, the, the complete jerk, Tim Ryan, the congressman from Ohio, walked out and said, I couldn't take it anymore. It's just all lies, right? These people are trying to tell you and I that the economy isn't good, that, that you know, the, that it's only the rich people, right? The same trope that they keep uh, putting out there, okay? And, and on their fact-checking, they were attacking Trump. So what we did at WeThePeopleConvention.org, and you can go there, is we put out a fact check on the State of the Union. So just go to wethepeopleconvention.org, look on the front page of the articles, you'll see one that says, fact check the president. We sent that email out uh, on Wednesday. It was the most read email that we've ever sent out. Literally over a thousand people came to that within hours of me putting that out. And you can get our emails, and you should get our emails if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, because right on the front thing, you just put in your email address and your zip code, and you'll start getting our emails. But they were trying to fact-track Trump, and I put out something that said, no, no, you know, let's do our own fact-check, because what Trump said is true. This is not Obama's economy by any measure. Okay, and particularly on the energy side, where they're talking about, well, you know, the, you know, the energy sector was already improving under Obama. Obama was going to make them put, uh, you know, uh, bags over uh, drilling rigs and capture the, you know, the escaping gases and stuff. The regulations he was putting on was killing oil and gas. Trump got rid of all that and took it off, and it did great. So here's our problem, and this is where I need you to take action. We announced a program via email this week called It's the Economy, Stupid. And for those of you of a certain age, meaning my age, a little older, you remember that in every presidential election, it's clear that the economy dictates how people vote, okay? And our concern is that 
even though most people are figuring out the economy is good, and Trump made it clear in his speech that there's polls out there saying that only 35% of people think that they're better off, okay? Now, think about that. So there's a poll that says 35% of the people think that they're better off than before Trump, and, and 30% think they're not, and the rest don't know. And yet, in the poll where Gallup showed Trump had the highest approval rating, 63% said they think he, you know, his handling of the economy is good. But what people don't understand is why is that? Why is that? So what we did is we put together a brochure. And you can see it if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the It's the Economy Stupid article. And it's a two-sided uh, brochure that's eight and a half by three and a half inches. So you can put it, you know, in your pocket, in your purse and take it with you. The first side says, do you know you are living in the most prosperous time in human history? And it goes over a lot of the things that Trump mentioned in his speech. You know, 158 million jobs, people are working, you know, that the lowest unemployment rates for blacks and Hispanics and women and all Americans, 7.1 million unfilled jobs, you know, all that kind of stuff, okay? But on the second side, it says, why are we so prosperous and will it continue? Because your average unengaged, non-political American doesn't understand how this happened. This flyer helps them understand. It talks about how the tax cut, which the left you know, said, oh, you, know, you didn't get a tax cut. And you know what? Last year in a poll, only 17% of Americans thought they got a tax cut. When in the 17, 2017, when Trump pushed through the tax cut, when 80% did, that's a huge discrepancy, okay? We need to rectify that. But also, they don't understand that in the tax reform, small businesses got all kinds of help with regulation, particularly with depreciation, which has helped create the job market we've got. So if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, and you click on the, the article, it's the economy, stupid. We've set it up where you can download PDFs of this brochure. So there's three on an eight and a half by 11 sheet printed both sides. And you can just cut them up and start handing them out. Then you can click on a link and download it from your phone, you know, onto your phone or onto your computer and text just a single copy of it to friends and say, hey, you know, did you know this stuff? And I assure you, those people, you people listen to this radio show and this podcast, even if you're a Tea Party person and you're really engaged politically, you're not going to know some of this stuff. So right now, when people are not that engaged in the election yet, we have to focus on things that will help set the table for this coming year. And so we want you to hand out these brochures. Now, if you don't want to print your own, if you go to the We People Convention page and click on the, it's the economy stupid article, you'll see that you can order these by making a $25 donation to the We People Convention. We will get send you a hundred of those to hand out. If you give us a hundred dollars, we'll send you two hundred. Okay. And and if you send us a thousand dollars, we'll send you five hundred. Okay. So go and take a look at, at those. If you want to order these. We'll ship them to you, and we'll ship them the day you order them. And what we want you to do is just leave them at restaurants on the table so when your waitress picks up the tip, they see it. Hide it in the, the hors d'oeuvres book that's on the table at the fancy restaurants so people come across it. Stick it in the handle of a gas pump at the, at the gas station. Hand them out at church. It's a, a way to engage non-engaged people in a non-political, non-intrusive way and make them curious. Because some people are going to look at it and go, well, I don't, is that true? Is the average income for a middle-class American $28 an hour? And they'll go look it up. We want to educate people. And that's why I need you to participate in this program. Okay? It's the economy, stupid. But it's up to us to tell the public about the great story that is, you know, is the Trump economy and how it happened. Okay. That's what you need to do. Next thing I need you to do. Uh, as you may know, if you've listened to the show or if you know me uh, from any, you know, other reason in the past, you'll know that we have 
multiple organizations. You have the We the People Convention. Uh, I'm the executive director of the Porridge County Tea Party. We also have a state PAC called the Ohio Citizens PAC, Citizens with an S. And, and if you go to ohiocitizenspac.org, you will start to see lists of candidates that we're endorsing across the state. And I mean, it's it's all kinds of candidates. It's sheriffs, it's county recorders, it's it's uh, you know, Ohio House, Ohio Senate, you know, people like that. I, all I can assure you is that the people that we endorse are people that have been vetted and are real conservatives and aren't real rhinos, okay? And they're, and they're not going to just be bought off by the special interests in the party. Now, that list is changing, so you need to go to Ohio Citizens PAC, you know, frequently and, and find out, you know, what's going on, okay? So I want you to know about Ohio Citizens PAC. All right, we're going to take another break. You're listening to the Weedy People Convention News and Opinion radio program and podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski. You can view the We The People Convention News and Opinion podcast anytime you want, 24-7, 365 days per year, by just going to wethepeopleconvention.org, and then right on the front page, you'll see the, the podcast player, and if you click on the blue playlist, it'll show you all of our most recent podcasts. You can also find out by clicking on the yellow button on the front page and going to the We The People live podcast page of the website, where, how you can listen to the broadcast on Facebook or YouTube, on Roku TV or Amazon Fire TV, and get a complete list of our stations that broadcast our, our podcast on the radio every Saturday morning, including a map with the Ohio stations indicated. So be sure to tune in when it's convenient for you. And if you have comments about this show, don't hesitate to uh, write to us at info at wethepeopleconvention.org and tell us what you think about the show or what topics you'd like us to cover. All right. We appreciate you going uh, to the wethepeopleconvention.org website and learning those things. Uh, as we're getting close to the end of the show here now, I want to wrap up some things or follow up on some things that we've talked about in the past. And that's one of the things we do do. We don't just, we don't just, you know, do a story and then forget about it. Okay. So let's go with the, you know, the first story is the whole idea of Governor uh, DeWine bringing uh, refugees to Ohio. We've had multiple stories on this. You know, we've, in, we've interviewed uh, Governor DeWine's PR person to tell us why they're doing this. We've done an investigation into Catholic charities. And last week, I asked you to take action. And I asked you to call the governor's office at 614-644-4357. That's 614-644-4357. And tell the governor, we don't want these refugees because they haven't been transparent. They haven't told us what this is going to cost us. So I've gotten emails from some of you who, who are writing back and saying, well, I talked to the governor's office or I sent them an email. And the governor's office keeps saying, well, these you know refugees are vetted by the Trump administration and they're persecuted Christians. And that's why we're doing it. Fine, governor, we got that. What's it going to cost us? And why are we spending the money that we don't have? And why are we spending money to make Catholic charities, Jewish charities, Episcopalian charities wealthy? If you listened to the show last week and the week before, Catholic Charities gets $2 billion in our tax money to do this kind of stuff. Instead of Catholic Charities taking up a collection at Catholic churches and bringing in Christians refugees to our country and taking care of them, they're doing this to make money. We don't think that's right. Call the governor's office and say, yeah, we know the Trump administration vetted them. We know they're Christians. We don't want to pay the bill, and you're not even telling us what the bill is. All right? So that's the first follow-up. Next thing I want to follow up in is the coronavirus situation. And as you probably know, this is still very serious. It's spreading a little bit outside of China. There's a lot of evidence that the Chinese are not being honest about, you know, what's really going on. But the good news I have to share with you, and again, it, what affects you, is the two Miami University college students in Southwest Ohio who were quarantined, suspected of having the virus, have been cleared and they don't have the virus. Therefore, there is no virus, a coronavirus, in Ohio, so your families are safe, and that's important for you to know. 
The other thing I want to follow up on was this Soji uh, bill that's in the uh, House Criminal Justice Committee or, uh, you know, of the Ohio House. And, you know, we stopped them from, you know, passing any kind of a bill. This week they had proponent testimony, people who want them to pass this, and they're having opponent testimony. But, but the head of that your committee has said in writing that this is not going anywhere anytime soon. So we're keeping an eye on them, but I did want you to know that they, they are doing that. I wanted to also bring to your attention something I thought that was very important. And that is uh, my good friend, friend, Chris Long from the Ohio Christian Alliance. Uh, if you don't know the Ohio Christian Alliance, you can uh, find them at ohioca.org. Uh, they have filed a lawsuit this week against uh, well, basically to defend the voting rights of citizens of Medina uh, City uh, in, in Medina County here in northeast uh, Ohio. And what happened was that the, the city council there passed one of these SOGI, this gay superior rights bills, right, is what, is what we call them, right? These bills that aren't making it equal rights. They're giving superior rights, particularly to transgender men who are mentally ill and dysphoric and and it's just completely wrong well chris long the ohio christian alliance and a bunch of other people there got signatures on the ballot to uh say we aren't going to accept the city council voting on this we want it on the ballot so the community can vote well they got all the signatures and they handed them in and the board of elections took a long time to say well you don't have enough signatures. You're 50 some or 40 some signatures short because they couldn't be verified. Chris Long and his people did the impossible. They went out and got signed affidavits by like 56 citizens who had signed their petition that the Board of Elections had said, that doesn't look like their signature, saying, that's my signature. That should have been enough to put it back on the ballot. You know what happened? They wouldn't accept them. So he's in court right now, the Ohio Supreme Court, to try to defend the rights of the citizens of Medina. And, and my hat's off to Chris Long for doing that. That's just awesome. Um, last thing I want to say about uh, our, our bring your attention, because again, we're not just talk, we are action. My good friend Pam Jones from the uh, Westchester Tea Party down in South, you know, between Dayton and, and uh, Cincinnati, gave me a note the other day saying that they're going to do a sine wave to support President Trump on February 15th in Westchester, in the Westchester area, they will meet at the corner of Cox and Tylersville Roads at 1040 a.m. on February 15th. That's a Saturday. For more information, you can text her at 513-600-3851. So the Westchester Tea Party is doing a pro-Trump sine wave at the... Um, uh, corner of Cox and Tylersville Roads in Westchester, Ohio at 10.45 a.m. on Saturday, February 15th. Grab a sign. Go out there and join them. It's awesome that they're doing that. I'm so proud of them. All right. So thank you for listening to our radio broadcast and today's show. I can't thank you enough. I thank all of our affiliates on our stations uh, and our network. Thank you for doing that. The way this works is now I'm going to sign off on the radio and we're going to go to our podcast and we've got, you know, some great, you know, great things on our podcast. We're going to talk about uh, an Ohio gun law that Trevor DeWine is trying to pass. Looks like that's, you know, not going to go anywhere. We're going to talk about the NRA winning in California in court. We're going to talk about the stock market being at an all-time high and personal satisfaction being at an all-time high. Uh, we're going to uh, do a, a book review about the book Grant by Ron Chernow that you will really, I think, enjoy. And and we're just going to you know talk about some more good things that happened this week. So thank you for listening to our program. And oh yeah, one last thing. Don't forget to call AG Bill Barr and, de- and demand equal justice. Support Bill Barr and put make sure that he has the public support to go after the coup criminals like Comey, Strzok, Page, and all the rest of them. Call him at 202 202- Three five three one five five five, and defend your individual liberty and freedom. You're listening to the We the People Convention uh, News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org 
or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we are back, and we're glad to have you with us as we continue our podcast. Um, If you want to donate to the We the People Convention, you can also do that right now on your phone by texting FREEDOM to 22525. Freedom to 22525, and you will donate $5 per month to the We the People Convention to help pay for this radio broadcast and this podcast, but also to pay for all the efforts we're going to be making this year, like our effort to, it's the economy, stupid, to do those brochures. It costs money to produce those brochures. It costs money to, you know, ship them, and that's what you're doing when you donate. So text FREEDOM to 22525 and um, protect your freedom and liberty and prosperity. Okay, so I talked about the fact that there was an Ohio gun law that Governor Mike DeWine was pushing, and there's a story uh, that came out in uh, this week that said that it looks like this is really going nowhere fast. It's been six months since a shooting in Dayton, Ohio, left nine people dead and 20 others wounded. In the aftermath of the mass murder, Governor Mike DeWine uh, called for lawmakers to adopt what he said was not a red flag law, but really kind of was a red flag law uh, and a uni- and universal background checks. But when he rolled out his official proposal a couple months later, instead of extreme risk protection order, DeWine called for allowing involuntary commitments for drug and alcohol abuse. And, and rather than a universal background check law, the governor unveiled a plan to allow for voluntary private background checks conducted by county sheriffs. Since then, the proposals have gone nowhere, according to the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And here's why. House Speaker Larry Householder, who represents a rural district east of Columbus, said Tuesday, the gun debate falls along demographic lines. Uh, people in his district and communities like it view guns as not only a right, but part of their way of life, Householder said. We have to protect ourselves. So how do we balance this with taking someone's rights away? I'm of the belief that the biggest gun lobby we have in the state of Ohio are the millions upon millions of Ohioans who lawfully own firearms for sport and protection. I don't so much worry about the NRA or anyone else. Senator Larry Obhoff, the Medina Republican who is the head of the Senate, called himself a staunch defender of the Second Amendment. He, he said uh, he has less controversial aspects of the government plan, such as increased criminal penalties for gun-related offenses or trying to increase the state's capacity to house people with mental illnesses, have been taken up recently by the legislators through other bills. I can't guarantee one way or the other that any of them will get any particular votes. That's up to the members to decide which are the right policies, he said. But certainly, we're having a full and fair discussion of the issues. Okay, so... You know, that tells me that they got the message that, you know, we don't want red flag laws. We don't want anyone being able to violate your constitutional rights of being innocent until proven guilty, meaning you can't take my guns on an accusation. The key part of that, which I think is important, is the idea that we're going to try to improve and increase our mental health capabilities because that's really the problem. These people who are doing these mass murders are troubled people. They're mentally ill, and we need to address that problem and not address a non-problem, which is people like me and you having guns legally and having the right to have those guns. That's not the problem, Governor DeWine. And so I think we're in pretty good shape. But again, it's because you and I fought back. It's because you and I let our legislators know that, you know, we aren't for this and we won't stand for it. And and here you go again and, and, and just, you know, to make everyone make sure if it's the first time you watch this podcast, we, the people convention is our line with the NRA. We do not get any money from the NRA but we work with the NRA to help with our political fights. In other words, they can provide us you know, lists of voters, uh, technology that lets us do uh, calls to these voters, you know, walking lists that we can deliver information to them. That's what the NRA does for us. We provide people like you who will fight for your individual freedom and liberty. So fair disclosure, that's our relationship with the NRA. We're proud of it, and we're proud of what the NRA just did in L.A. and in California because we have to fight back, folks, and we have to fight back effectively. So this just came out uh, on the NRA ILA website on uh, Tuesday, January 21st. The Los Angeles City Council today voted to formally repeal a controversial city ordinance requiring contractors to seeking to do business with the city of Los Angeles to disclose ties to the National Rifles Association. 
This decision is another legal victory for the NRA, which argued that the ordinance violated its First Amendment rights to free speech and won an injunction blocking the law. And that's what it was, right? It was a matter of intimidation. You you try to do business with the city of L.A., you got to tell us if you do business with the NRA, and if you do, well, you're not going to get that contract. All right? The NRA took him to court. He said the same city officials who vowed to defend the ordinance are on the run, said James Olnett, executive director of the NRA's Institute for Legislative Action. In addition to the NRA members they wrung, city officials must now answer to the voters and taxpayers for their failed experiment and explain why they, rec- why they recklessly subjected the city to legal and financial exposure because they had court costs for this. Um, this legal victory uh, is in Los Angeles is the latest positive legal development for the NRA. In the face of a lawsuit by the NRA on September 20th of 2019, San Francisco Mayor London Breed admitted that an ordinance that called for city agencies to limit relationships with companies that do business with the NRA was non-binding. Again, they're trying to attack the NRA by cutting off businesses that do business with them. That's wrong. In May of 2018, the NRA filed a lawsuit against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and New York state regulators over a blacklisting campaign that seeks to intimidate the NRA's potential business partners, mostly banks. They are trying to get the big banks in New York to not do business with the NRA or not do business with gun shops or with gun owners, meaning you couldn't charge a gun on your credit card. That's what they were doing. And that case uh, has survived the motion to dismiss and is moving forward, but has garnered uh, garnered support from constitutional scholars and leading advocacy groups, including the ACLU. So the NRA is fighting back on that. And that's, folks, exactly what we have to do. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be back. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast. And I'm Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Seculo with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom, the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting aclj.org. Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. The Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. All right. So, um, you know, Right to Life Coalition, Action Coalition of Ohio, uh, those of you who really want to go to a great convention, uh, they are having their uh, Bringing America Back to Life convention, which they've had for years. And I think that's one of the best names ever. If you go to you know, search on Bringing America Back to Life, they have a convention in Cleveland, which is the largest pro-life convention in America. It sells out. They have like a thousand people come. They've got booths. It's really great. They have tremendous speakers. Uh, you may want to look into that. To, uh, you know, Ohio, it's called Bringing America Back to Life. Great situation. Been there many times. I'll be there again this year. Okay, to continue this really great show that we're having and this celebrating this great week and this good news, let's talk about some other things that affect you uh, di- directly. Uh, as you may or may not know, despite the, the you know, corona virus thing, despite, you know, problems with Boeing, uh, you know, which is a, you know, a big part of our economy, the NASDAQ and the ASP&P uh, are just going crazy. I think we're going to hit 30,000 in the stock market, folks, 30,000. When Donald Trump took office, I believe it was at 18,000. All of you saw your IRAs, your 401ks. And again, I'm not rich. Most of you aren't rich. We don't have a lot of money in our IRA or our 401k, but it went up 18% last year and is still going up. I heard people say that theirs went up 20, 50, 75%. This is because of the economy. This is because of those little cards that I want you to hand out that say, why are we so prosperous? And as Donald Trump said at the end of his speech, the best is yet to come, okay? Because 
if we can just stop throwing logs in front of ourselves by having the, the Democrats attacking the president con- constantly, okay, we, we can still achieve so much more. And so that's important to you because it's literally putting money in your pocket and you need to talk to your friends and relatives and make them understand this isn't just happening for no reason. This is happening because of Trump's policies. And, and that's why I want you to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the article that says it's the economy, stupid. Download some of those brochures, hand them out, order them from the We The People Convention, because I'll tell you right now, they'll help convince people what's going on. So we have the highest you know, stock market ever, and we also have the highest personal satisfaction ever recorded by Gallup. I was really surprised to see this story that just came out. 90% of Americans say they are satisfied with the way things are going in their personal life. A new high in Gallup's four-decade-long poll. That's just unbelievable. It's just it's terrific, okay? And the results are from the Gallup's Mood of the Nation poll conducted January 2nd through the 15th, which also recorded a 20-year high in America's confidence in the economy. Right, I think that's significant. But let me let me add some other things about this poll: household income, political party affiliation, and marital status are associated with the largest subgroup differences in American satisfaction with their personal life. Roughly ninety-five percent of Americans who live in high-income households, who identify as Republicans and who are married, say they are satisfied with their personal lives. Now that's not that they they're you know have high incomes or Republicans that are married. It's it means that ninety five percent of them are happy if they're married, if they're Republicans, or if they have high incomes. Not all the above. Meanwhile, uh, adults in low income households are the least likely to say they're satisfied. That makes sense. Uh, followed by Democrats and unmarried adults. Duh, duh. Get a clue. Among each of these groups, small minorities be, uh, report being very satisfied, but still mostly Democrats and unmarried adults and, and people with lower incomes are not satisfied. Small differences in personal satisfaction were seen between race and gender, but they really weren't that powerful. So in other words, between blacks and whites you know, and between men and women, the, the discrepancy was only a few percentage points. And this is what I want to to make the point with, okay? It's no coincidence that Americans' heightened job satisfaction with their personal life comes as confidence in the U.S. economy and their personal finances are also at long-term or record highs. Again, how can the Democrat socialists say the economy is not doing well when satisfaction in your personal life is tied to your, your income? We said this when Trump was running in 2015 and 16. All the problems in our country, right? Illegal immigration, uh, the drug opioid addiction and overdose, suicides, uh, you know, all the, the, the problems we had about, you know, racism and, and, and Islamo and, 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 you know, uh, gay phobia and all this crap. There's one answer to all that. Jobs. Jobs fix everything. You aren't going to claim someone's racist when you got a great job and, and you got money in your pocket and you're taking your girlfriend on a vacation in your new car. You're not going to talk about you know, being discriminated against when you're making more money than you ever made in your life. This is what capitalism does, folks. And that's why capitalism brings you together and doesn't create the, the differences that the commies in the, in the Democrat, socialist, communist left are trying to do. They need you to be poor. They need the, the economy to suffer because if they don't have victim groups, they don't have anything. What capitalism, the miracle of our founding fathers was that they figured out that the job of government is to give you the ability to be as prosperous as you personally can be. And if they did that, we would be together as one nation. That's what's so beautiful. And that survey just tells you the whole deal. It's the economy, stupid. You got to love it. I am so happy that so many of you are happy and, and we can do better. We can do better. But know why you're happy. It's the economy, stupid. 
All right, got a couple things I, I do want to talk about. I've got a um, an event coming up. Let's see if I can find that uh, that some of you may be interested in going to. This is a little in advance, but you know the tickets are going to go fast, and I wanted to give you a heads up. Sebastian Gorka, who has a radio show on Salem uh, Network, but was a big Trump advisor during his election campaign and in, in when he first got in the White House, is coming to Ohio on May 2nd to Sandusky, Ohio, to the Kalahari Resorts and Convention Center. And he's going to uh, you know, be giving a speech that's going to be a Trump 2020 speech, and it's going to be raucous. And, and basically, the Kalahari Resort is a fantastic venue. And the events, uh, the reception is going to start at 4 o'clock. The dinner is going to be at 6 p.m. You can get tickets uh, for the VIP reception and dinner for $125. You can get dinner alone for $65. And you can do that by going to the Blue Heron Events dot online www blue heron like the bird h-e-r-o-n events dot online and get your tickets to sebastian gorka coming to sandusky on may 2nd i think that's going to be a great event and i I think you're going to really really enjoy that okay now i promised you guys a book review uh, when I was talking earlier in the show and the book i want to review uh, this time is called grant it is a biography of grant by ron chernow and Ron Chernow is, is a fabulous writer. He also did uh, the uh, biography of John Adams, I believe, and Madison that everybody's so crazy about. He's just a fantastic historian. You'll see this book is not thin, right? Big, long book. Amazing book. A uh, thousand-page book, all right? It's worth it. It's worth it. If you go to you know the We the People Convention website and you click on the podcast, the little yellow thing that tells you about the podcast, you'll see a link to all the books that I recommend. And this is one of the books I recommend because this is the story of the Civil War that you and I were never told. If I ask you as a listener to this podcast, to the radio show, who won the Civil War, you'd say the North. You'd be wrong. You read this book. We didn't win. After the Civil War, after they assassinated Lincoln, the Northern business people were sick of the war. They, were, they didn't want to fight anymore. And though Grant made an unbelievable effort to put troops in the Southern states to protect the, the black people's right to vote, the, the Democrats in the South murdered elected black officials by the hundreds. They started the Ku Klux Klan and, and, and Grant did everything he could to stop them. But when he left office, it all collapsed. And that's why it took until the 1970s. That's why it took all through the George Wallace era and all this for the Democrats to actually treat the blacks worse than when they were slaves. They won the Civil War. We lost it. This book will break your heart, but it will educate you. And I always talk about the fact, don't read history, learn the past. The the history is what a culture wants you to believe. The past is what actually happened. General Grant was an incredible human being. He was viciously attacked. All the stuff about him being a drunk was nothing but backstabbing. And, and, you know, he was an incredible general. But you know what? Most of his life, he was a failure. In his private life, he could not succeed. What he was good at was leading men to battle. And, and you'll, you'll relate to his story. And he's from Ohio, folks. He's a great Ohioan. And, and I just urge you to read this book, but to understand, we didn't win the Civil War. We lost the Civil War. And when people tell you, and when the communist left want to do this revision of American history and say that we're illegitimate because we have a racial history, you correct them and you say, we don't have a racial history as a nation. The Democrats have a racial problem as a history. They were the people, not you and I, not the Republicans, not the northern states, Make sure you make that clear because they never mention that when they talk about America's embarrassing racial history. I'm not embarrassed by our history at all. I'm proud of our history. I'm proud of the fact that we fought 
to end slavery against the Democrats. And even with 340,000 dead, it wasn't enough. We couldn't defeat them for another 100 years until Republicans passed the Civil Rights Act, not Democrats. So I'll throw it back in their face, folks, because we don't have a, an embarrassing history that Democrats do, and they should be embarrassed, and you should be proud of your country for what we did. All right, it's time to wrap up the show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening to the show. I need you to tell other people about this show, about this podcast. Uh, you know, have them, you know, uh, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. You can watch the podcast, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. But also send me your comments. Send your comments to info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Tell me what you think about the show. Tell me what I can do better. Help us get an audience for this show because in the months ahead, we're going to be out there turning out our vote to make sure Trump not wins not only Ohio, but that we win the battleground states and that we reelect Donald Trump. That's, that's the goal here. That's what this whole radio network was built for. That's why the people who donated to the Weezy People Convention donated $80,000 to make sure we could do this radio show every week for 52 weeks this year so we would have a voice to talk to the people in Ohio and across this country and give them the truth about what's going on in our country and what's at stake. So thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the Weezy People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show, and I'm Tom Zawistowski.